Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And I'm really excited about this series. This is one of those lessons um, that I, I just feel like a mandate to preach it. And I want to ask you to stick with me the whole time till I'm finished. I think when I'm done, you're going to just smile. You're going to say, that was a good message. Um, and you're going to walk out of here happy. Isn't it good to walk out of church happy? Uh, we'll walk out excited. Uh, but I just feel God's, it's like a prophetic message that kind of came to me in that way. And so I want to begin with a Joe story, right? A few years back, I, I, was, um, I went to see one of my aunts and then her sister, my other aunt, and and her son, my first cousin, who I'm, I, I grew up, I was very close to him. We were inseparable. He grew up in California. I grew up here. But whenever we were out there or he was here, we were just as tight as could be. And so they're going to come over. Some other folks are coming over. And so before anyone arrived, my one aunt, where I was staying at her house, she said, um, hey, she said, when your cousin comes over, uh, don't bring politics up because he's on the other side of the aisle than you. She, she, she knew what side I was on, and she's on the same side. So don't bring politics up. And, and I said, Auntie, don't worry, because I wasn't bringing it up anyway. And I didn't say this, but my heart was to bring him into the kingdom because he didn't know Christ yet. And I wanted to bring him into the kingdom. So that would stop me from doing that. And uh, so we're playing cards. We're having this incredibly fun time. And then another relative walks in who's a born-again Christian. So I thought, great, some help. I was so excited. But they weren't there but a couple minutes, and they brought politics up, and they just went at it. And then my cousin, the hair on the back of his neck went up, and and, uh, and so uh, my aunt's looking at me. My one aunt just said, don't talk about politics with these eyes, like, do something, do something, Joey. And so I stood up, because I kept saying, let's not talk about politics. It wasn't working. So I, I, I stood up, and I got behind my cousin that wouldn't be able to see me. And I looked at the other relative and I did this. That's the international sign for shut up. So it's like, please shut up, shut up. And, and they finally saw it. So then they tried uh, to stop it, but it, 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 it was all lost. And I never had the opportunity uh, that couple days to share Christ with my cousin. And I was very discouraged. But at the other end of it, I realized where, where my other relative was at. I understand it. You know what? If you're listening to my voice right now and you're around 50, and there's always some outliers, but if you're around 50 and up, you feel that this country, the nation you grew up in, has been stolen from you. So you're, you're not happy about that. You feel like your country's been stolen, and it's not a perfect country. And I'm referring to the morality in our country, and we just feel like it's been stolen, right? Where we're, we're this country is compared to where it was. And even when I was growing up, you know, I remember when President John F. Kennedy won the election and my family went crazy because he was the first Catholic president. So, you know, they were Catholic and it's like the first Catholic president ever in American history. So my mom and dad loved him. And, and I was just a little guy. And I still remember I was five when he was shot and died and I cried. That's how much our family loved him. Right. And uh, you know, it's kind of like rumors were flying even back then without the news like it is today that he was, uh, you know, having a few affairs and things like that, Marilyn Monroe and other things, you know. And, uh, but, you know, publicly, publicly, he never pushed anything immoral and he pushed Judeo-Christian values. And so uh, we grew up in this Judeo-Christian value country and it just seems like that's slipping away right now. So a lot of people just feel like my nation's been stolen from me. And that's how my relative felt, right? 
And yet the question we have to ask is, what do we do about it, right? What do we do to fix things? And I always say this, right? I'm going to tell us what to do. That series is about what we can do. Um, And it's not political. I'm just bringing it up because I feel like all of you are feeling that for one reason or another, right? And it's just the country we live in. But here's something you can do. I encourage people, get involved politically. We live in a free country, right? So, you know, our government right now, they're pushing uh, for schools to allow teachers to take kids five, six, seven, first grade, all the way up, uh, you know, in, in junior or grade school and junior high. If a kid wants to change his gender, that the teachers are allowed to take them without the parents' permission. Schools are pushing that. Now, in our valley, we have great principals, great administrators. Our teachers are heroes in the public school system, but it's trying to come from the coast, right? And as a parent, we know the science teaches us that with boys, a boy's part of the brain that determines they're able to figure out, um, you know, consequences. 25 is when it's formed in a man. So all of you that are married to young men, you you realize, oh, that's what's wrong with us, right? It was wrong with me too, guys. Gina would look at me and say, what's wrong with you? I just can't decide on consequences yet. I have no understanding of consequences. And girls are like 20 and and, uh, it's right around there. So can you imagine a young kid being fed that information and going to make that change? And there's a group of people now, they're so upset that they made those decisions. But hey, if, if you want to protect your kids, go to school board meetings, right? Uh, run for school board. I was just at a pastor's conference and this young pastor couple, the wife was on the school board in her community. I thought, what a great place for a pastor's wife to be, right? And trying to watch what comes in, what doesn't come in. Uh, if you're not happy with politics locally, guys, might I encourage you, you know, uh, if you're in Columbiana County, go, go to commissioner meetings. If you're a Mahoning commissioner, Trumbull commissioner, uh, voice your opinion, get involved. If you want to get involved with the party, get involved. We live in America. You're allowed to do that. I always say it this way, be concerned, but don't become consumed, right? And it's important. And what we want to do is get on this path called the way, and I'll talk to you about that as we go forward today. And we have three beautiful weeks on this subject, but this is the only week I'm going to talk about You know, I'm just opening up with this story because so many people are frustrated. And then the kids, you look at your parents and think, what's wrong with that, man? Just chill a little bit, right? But they grew up in a different America, so they're a little bit concerned. So get involved. But guys, what else should we be doing, right? Uh, Guys, I think this is a time in our life where we understand Jesus said some of these things would happen. Jesus said in the last days before he comes back to take the church, he said it will be like the days of Noah. And he said people will be running around doing their thing, but sin is going to run rampant. And he said it's just the way it's going to be. And, you know, in Noah's day, there were only eight righteous people that got on the ark. So it was worse than it is now. And in 2 Timothy 2.20, you know what it says, guys? It says that in the last days, and it gives all these areas, but it ends with this, that people will go from bad to worse morally. So do you think it's gone from bad to worse morally in our country? Sure it has. And and if you're older, you see the difference. It's more distinct because we grew up in it. But can I share some good news with you? This is the good news, guys, and it's so powerful. Romans 5.20 says, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Can I translate that for you? The worse the world becomes, the more God pours out grace that's going to save people and give the church the power to win people to Christ. And we're going to have the greatest revival that we ever, ever had. So we're living in the time where, guys, we're going to see God do the greatest things. But we want to make sure we don't get off the track, 
and become so consumed with this world, kind of fight everything in the flesh. And again, not that we can't become involved, but we want to make sure, guys, we are on this path and we're allowing God to do what he does. So God has said, the worse the world is that you live in, the greater his grace is going to be. That's why the early church, man, and I think it will be greater with us. We see all these things that God did, and we see all the people that came into the kingdom, but they lived in a more sinful world than we live in right now, guys. And uh, people were rejecting God at a higher level than they do now, but they changed the known world. And everywhere they went, they changed the world, right? So Gina and I, we say this a lot. We don't anymore, but, but I was. And we say something like this, man, I worry for our grandkids growing up in this world because we see the church is being persecuted. You know, the world's becoming worse and there's a lot of pressure, right? If you say something with morality, you're a hater and all that. And we just see that pressure coming on us. And we say, man, I'm worried about our grandkids growing up in this world. Or I, we, believers here in Warren and in Boardman guys, and even traditional, we have so many young couples with so many kids. And so it's like, man, we worry for the kids that are growing up. And, and I just say that in a very concerned way. And then not too long ago, a couple of Months ago, I had one of those God moments. You know, he didn't speak to these ears, but in here I had a God moment. And God spoke something to my heart, and it changed me forever. And I'm really excited about it. And here's what God showed me. Here's what he spoke to my heart. Never again say you're worried for this young generation. What you need to know is the devil is worried about them because I'm giving them greater gifts, greater grace, greater anointing than any generation has ever had in history. And they're gonna shake this world up for the good. So don't you be concerned about them. They're gonna change the world that you live in. And we're gonna see some amazing things happen, guys. So that's why you wanna make sure your kids get on the path. You get on the path because God wants to do these amazing things in each and every one of these dear people's lives. So I want to preach a message of hope, but I want to preach a message of direction. And there was a mandate that I feel God gave me for this lesson. And guys, I want to read a scripture to you. And I should say this even before I read it. Um, it has to do with what the early church was called. They were called the way. But before I read it, there was this guy in the early church uh, in, in that period, right after Jesus was raised from the dead, his name was Saul. His name was later changed to Paul, but he hated the Christian church. He loved God, but he was a Jewish Pharisee and he, he did not like the church. He felt they were trying to, to steal Judaism from him. And so he was on a mission and he went all over to arrest born again Jews and throw them into prison. And so he's breathing like all these threats and so he went and got these special letters so he could go to Syria, Damascus in Syria, and arrest all the Christian Jews there. And he was so excited about it. But on the road to Damascus, Jesus appeared to him. And it was this bright light. Jesus is there, and he knocked him down. And he had an instant conversion. And the biggest threat to the church in those days was instantly converted. And guys, I believe we're going to see that like we've never seen it before. And, you know, the church could have said, how do we get rid of this, guys? You know, we live in the valley, just joking here, but we live in the valley. You just let's hire, let's, let's hire a hitman and get rid of this guy, right? No, no, guys, no, no, don't, 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 no. Uh, guys, let's pray and let's watch God do some amazing things. You know, when this football player uh, in Buffalo died on the field, guys, I forget his name, forgive me for that. But, but uh, uh, I watched ESPN. I just watched it for a couple of weeks just to hear how he was doing. I was very concerned for this young man. And 
I saw something on ESPN that blew my mind in a good way. Do you know that former football players and sportscasters were preaching the gospel on ESPN and nobody stopped them? And they were preaching Christ. They were preaching, let's pray. And guys, it was like this, the gospel was being preached on, on, a, on a sports network. And I thought, look at all the Christians. We don't even know who these guys are, but they're behind the scenes doing some amazing things. And guys, how about if some of these people that we think are a big threat, and maybe they are a big threat. What if God converted them? What if they became another Saul? Guys, we, we are gonna watch God do some amazing things. So what do we do? Well, we wanna get on the path. And so here's, here's a place where we see what the church was called before we were called Christians. Acts 9.1, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so he'd have some authority um, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way. That's what the church was called. That's why we titled this The Way. Uh, Whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And he even consented to people dying. But when he's going there, he had this incredible conversion. Here's all I want you to see here. But I thought Paul and Saul is a great example, guys, where we can say God's about ready to do some things that are gonna blow our gaskets. We're gonna say, look what God did. Look at who he raised up. I never thought they would be raised up. So I'm not preaching against people living in sin, guys. There's no one in this room that sinned any worse than I did. I I broke almost every one of the 10 commandments, but Jesus reached out and he saved my soul. And so many of you could stand up and say the same thing. And he's gonna continue to do that. So we need to know we live in a world where grace is gonna be put up at a level we've never seen it put up. But you know, the church, we, we call ourselves Christians today. Do you know the first time we were called Christians, it was derogatory? It was the Romans that called Christians the name Christian first. And when it first came out, do you know what that word meant? It meant Christ slaves or slaves of Christ. And the people that lived in the empire that didn't accept Christ, they were to worship the emperor. And Christians wouldn't worship the emperor. So they called them Christ slaves and they were making fun of them. Now that word means Christ follower. It's a good word. Keep using it. It's not wrong to use it. But at first, the, the, the church was called the way. And here's what the way means, guys. And this is where God wants us to go at a higher level. Here, here's the definition. The way is a Greek word, hodas. It means a way, a road, a path, a journey. And it's all about us, guys. When we pray that prayer, it's not a magic prayer. We, we just accept Jesus and that's magic. You know, it's about after you accept Jesus, you go into the narrow gate. Then you begin to walk the path of becoming a disciple of Christ. And when we went through COVID, I noticed something. And pastors all over the country noticed it. You didn't do anything wrong. We noticed we were not doing a great job. And COVID, we noticed a lot of Christians just walked away from God. People that were attending church just disappeared. They didn't go to other churches. They just stopped following Jesus, right? And and us pastors all over are upset about it. And we're asking ourselves, what can we do to change that? And so here at Believers and other churches are doing it all over the country. We are put together, guys, something to help people get on the path and walk that walk at a higher level. So we'll be releasing that in the days to come. And I just felt like I needed to say that, let you know we're gonna do something to help people get on this path like they've never been on it. Can I show you something Jesus said? Matthew 28, 19, the Message Bible does a great job with it. Go out and train everyone you meet 
So these are people that accept Christ. Well, once you accept Christ, God says, you need to train them. And, you know, I do that a lot in service because I'm a teaching pastor. So there's a lot of training. But guys, we need to do it in the small group format. It's very important that this begins to happen. So we're creating it. We're going to launch it here later on in the year. And he says, far and near, and I love the way it says it here, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the three full name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So this is probably where the way came from, this way of life, right? Verse 20, then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I will be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up until the end of the age. And I'm so excited Jesus is here helping us. But guys, he says, instruct them in the practices of what I commanded you. And do you know that Jesus gave the church 49 commands? Next week, I'm going to bring out the top four and a lot of them go together. So we'll cover a lot of them just with the top four. And it's just amazing. As a matter of fact, Boardman next week, Pastor Joe Jr. is teaching the lesson live in Boardman. I'm teaching it live here. We collaborated on our notes. So he'll be, he'll be sharing lesson two in Boardman. And I'm excited about what he's going to share. I'm excited about what I'm going to share, guys. But we're going to talk about how do we get on this path? How do we live? And, and then, guys, I have a big idea for this lesson. And this is what I felt a mandate to share. God wants his way to become our way. There's messages sometimes that I feel God wants me to say for us, for the church, right? And I think pastors are preaching messages like this all over the country. And I want to talk about some things that have to do with his way that are really, really important. And one of the things I see in our churches today is that we don't put enough emphasis on the Old Testament. We kind of threw it out, you know? And so I think we have to, here's my first point. We must understand that the Old Testament is important. It's really, really important, guys. And uh, why we take an emphasis off of it is because we know we're not under the law. And a lot of the Old Testament has the law of Moses. So we say, we're not under the law. So the Old Testament is like, eh, take it or leave it, right? Maybe read through the Bible once a year, but it's not that important. But guys, it is. But can we talk about the law for a moment? Listen to this. The law is broken into three distinct parts, the moral, ceremonial, and judicial. That's three parts of the law. Now, the judicial is Israel started out without a king, and God was their leader, their king. So he gave them judicial law. You know what judicial law is? If you're in law enforcement or uh, you're an attorney or you're a judge, that's the part of the law where you decide, hey, if somebody does this, what's the punishment for the crime? That's the judicial. And you know what? Our laws were formed off of judicial judicial, uh, a Judeo-Christian value. So they were formed out of a lot of this. But if you're into law enforcement, read Leviticus, man. It, you'll love it because it just tells you how God said to, to handle Israel. But I don't know about you. We're not under that part of the law, the judicial. And I don't know. I'm excited about it because they stoned people back then if they broke laws. And I just got to thinking about my first two years as a Christian. I would have been stoned 25 times, right? Because I kept breaking the same laws over and over again. Actually, only one because it would have killed me. But I, I could have been stoned 25 plus times, right? And so I'm so glad we're not under that part of the law. I'm so glad uh, uh, that there's grace, and we'll talk about grace as we go on. And then the ceremonial part of the law, that's all, the, all those commandments, all the animals they killed on the altars, right? We just came out of the altar series. Some of those animals and some of those sacrifices represented Jesus dying for our sins. Others represented our prayer life. Others represented our worship life, and we talked about that. But, but guys, we're not under that part of the law because we don't have to sacrifice animals. And to me, that seems really messy. So I'm glad we're not under that part of the law. You know what else was under the ceremonial part of the law, guys? 
the foods you could eat. And so God had these foods that were called clean and unclean. And uh, guess what one of the unclean foods was? Pork, bacon. And Jews that follow their faith today, they're not eating pork or bacon even today, right? And so I I just got to thinking about that because we're going to talk about Peter, uh, and and we're not going to read it, but Galatians 2. And and by the way, those scriptures are on the notes because I cut them out for lie, but I kept them in there for the notes. But I just wanted to get to a certain timeline, right? And so we know from Galatians 2.20, Peter uh, started to eat food that was unclean. And it all happened on that rooftop. Remember, uh, he had a vision from heaven and this net with all these unclean animals came down and God spoke. He heard God's voice and he said, go eat. And he said, God, I've never eaten anything unclean. Came down the second time, go eat. And God, I never eaten anything unclean. The third time it came down, he said, I've never eaten anything unclean. And then God said, don't you call unclean which that which I have cleaned. And of course, that was to show him that non-Jews could become Christians, but it also showed him I'm no longer under that part of the law. So Peter in Galatians 2.20, we know he was eating with the Gentiles. Can you imagine what went on the first time he tasted bacon? I mean, it had to be, whoa. And I know it's not healthy, but I eat it once in a while. It had to be, whoa, that's like amazing. And then he lived in the Roman Empire. So there was a lot of sausage and peppers, right? Italian sausage. So he just was loving it. He's eating Gentile food. Uh, But then it says in in verse 20 and 21, it says that the Christian Jews came from James. James was the pastor of the Jewish church in Jerusalem. They came and he stopped eating with them. He said, "I I don't eat anything. And Paul confronted them later and said, hey, you're being a hypocrite. We're not under that. You can eat whatever you want. You know, people say this. I don't agree with them. But they say Kevin Bacon isn't a great actor. Everybody thinks he is because his last name is Bacon. And you know what? (laughs) He is a good actor, by the way. But could you imagine if my name was Pastor Joe Bacon? Um, I think our church would be three times bigger. I really do. Who wouldn't want to go to church at Pastor Joe Bacon's church? But guys, we're not under that part of the law. So that's pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. Um, But guess what part of the law we're under, but in a different way? The moral part of the law. That's the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal, kill, commit adultery. And you know why we're still under that? Because it existed before the law was given, and it was just brought into the law. And the moral part of the law is really important. And I feel we're living in a day where people have de-emphasized that. And we'll talk about what that means as we go on. But listen to how the Apostle Paul, who gave us the message of grace, listen to what he said in 1 Corinthians 10, 8. He said, we, the Christians, should not commit sexual adultery as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. He's talking about when Israel came out of Egypt and they just kept falling into sin. Guys, you're going to walk out of here happy. God's not going to kill you, so relax, right? Ah, it's, but you'll see it's just for an example. Verse 9, we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Just all types and shadows. But what does it mean to test Christ? That's when we say, God, why didn't you show up? Why did you allow this to happen? And we get mad at God. He says, that, don't do that. Don't do that. And then verse 10, and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by destroying angels. And there's no one in this room that had more of a grumbling problem than I have. I was probably one of the best grumblers that ever lived on a planet. That means you're complaining all the time, right? And I was really good at complaining. And I had to grow in that area. I've, I've fallen many times, right? But why is he saying this? Verse 11, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as a warning for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. 
So God says, it's really important, man. The Old Testament's important. We can learn some things from the Old Testament. But hey, how, how about Jesus? Listen to my second point, guys. We must understand that morality matters to Jesus. And I think we're living in an age where everybody thinks he died for all of our sins. Do you know he died for your past, present, and future sins? And so there, there's voices out there saying, it doesn't matter if you sin or not. You're already forgiven, right? You don't have to repent for your sins. It doesn't matter to Jesus. And so, uh, guys, I just want to show you how Jesus thinks, right? And I was praying. I was praying like this, Lord God, I'd love Jesus to appear to me. Because you hear he's appeared to all these preachers, you know, and I don't believe most of them. Because uh, what he tells them, it's like, no, he didn't appear to you to say that. That's nothing uh, really big at all. Uh, but there's a few people he has appeared to, right? And I said, Lord, I'd love him to appear to me. I'd love him to show me what I should say about this, uh, this subject. And I've been praying this for a long time. And then one day God just said to my heart, spoke to my heart, says, I don't need to appear to you. I've already showed you what Jesus thinks. And then he took me to New Testament Jesus, speaking to the churches in the book of Revelations. There's seven churches he wrote seven letters to, and he shows exactly how he feels. And I think this is important for us to know. Take a look at this, guys. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Therefore, so he said all these nice things, and then he said, there, there are some among you who hold to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols. That's not an issue in today's society and committed sexual adultery. Can I tell you just a quick story about Balaam and Balak? Israel came out of Egypt as slaves, and there are a million plus people. We don't really often think about it, over a million people. And they were beating a couple nations as they were wandering in the wilderness. And so Balak was a king over one of those nations, and Balaam was a prophet. So he said, he went and offered Balaam all this money. He said, would you curse Israel? And Balaam had a problem with money. The New Testament talks about it. He lusted after money. And so he said, sure. So he went to curse them and he blessed them. So Balaam sent some more people back. He said, I told you to curse them. I'll give you this much more money. And Balaam tried to curse them again and blessings came out. So then Balak came himself. He said, what's wrong with you? I'm going to give you even more money. I need you to curse these people. And so Balaam said, all right, I'll do it. And he went to curse them and blessings came out. It's really a fun part of the Bible. And then he, Balak looked at him and said, what's wrong with you? I told you to curse him. He said, I can't curse what God has blessed. Isn't that nice to know? God has blessed us too, and we can't be cursed, guys. I think we should give it up. That's exciting. But, but get a hold. Get a hold of what happened next. It's crazy. Here's what happened next. Balaam said, you know, I want that money really bad. He said, so I'll tell you what. I don't have to curse them. If you take your most beautiful women, have them scantily dressed, and you send them in, and they seduce uh, the Jewish men, uh, men of Israel, seduce them sexually, you'll take their power away. And that's why God says to live pure, because it just takes our power away. Uh, it takes our power away when we're consumed and not just concerned. All kinds of things will take our power away. We want to get on that path and not allow that power to be taken from us. So do you know what? Balak did it. Balaam got the big payout, and, uh, and God had to deal with that situation because Israel did stumble over all those things. And so, guys, he's saying there's some people there that are teaching it's okay to live any way you want. And then verse 15 continues. Likewise, you all have, also have those that hold the teachings of the Nicolaitans. And then here's New Testament Jesus. 
Repent, therefore. Yeah, because yeah. 1 John 1, 9, some extreme grace teaching came out and says, 1 John 1, 9, it's not for the church. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you up. Oh, we don't have to repent. And so there are Christians, I've had to talk to so many over the years. Anytime I teach about, you know, 1 John 1, 9, I get a lecture in the lobby. Don't you know we don't have to confess? And it's like, well, it's in the Bible, right? Well, look what Jesus said in verse 16, repent therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So guys, Jesus wants us to repent. But I think I said it to this service. I'm going to say it in case I didn't, and I'm going to reemphasize it. Not one of you are walking out of here condemned. You ready? You ready to have a good time? You're not going to walk out of here like, he sinned yesterday. I'm so bad. Listen, listen, guys. Listen, listen. There is a difference from falling into sin and practicing sin. There's a huge difference. So can I tell you what falling into sin is? That's when you and I sin. We don't want to, but we do. We sin. We make a mistake. And all of us are going to keep doing that. There's certain sins I don't struggle with anymore, but I still struggle with a lot of sins that have to do with my mouth. Oh, my goodness. Especially when I'm with family. I say things I should never say. Then I say, Father, forgive me. Family, forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, you know. And so I can grumble. Oh, my God. Ask Gina. I can do some grumbling, right? And so I say, God, I know that's not purity, and I'm going to stop. Um, but guys, falling into sin means you don't want to, but you just do. And as long as you're alive, you're going to struggle in one area or another. Practicing sin goes like this. To practice sin means that you have this attitude. This Bible is an old book. It comes in many forms. It's an old book. It's kind of old fogey, and I don't have to follow it. I don't believe all those things. God, uh, society has changed, and this is okay, and that's okay, right? All these gender things, it's all okay. Oh, we love the people that, that have issues there and people that do. But guys, what does God want for the church, right? And we, we find out in the Bible what he wants, right? But practicing sin is when you say, I don't believe that, or I'm so saved by grace, I can do whatever I want. And that's practicing sin. In other words, if rebelling and saying, God, I'm not gonna follow what you said. I don't even believe what you said. So can I look at this verse again? Verse 15, you have those who hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Do you know what their teaching was? Ask me if it doesn't sound familiar. The Nicolaitans taught, we are saved by grace, all of our sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future, so it doesn't matter if you sin. Sin doesn't matter. And they were teaching that in the church. Sin doesn't matter. And Jesus is saying, no, it does matter. But guys, here's the good news. All of us are going to struggle with sin. That's called falling into sin, right? But we don't want to be the people that practice it. And I really felt as we get ready, because I'm not going to talk about this next week or the week after, guys, but I just felt a mandate. The church has to know this is important to Jesus, right? So 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Listen to 1 John right after that, guys. Chapter 2, verse 1. My dear children, fellow Christians, right? I write this to you so that you will not sin. Well, thank you, God. I don't want to, but man, I struggle, right? But I love this. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Jesus loves the world. He loves us. And guys, he died for our sins. So when we repent, what does he do? He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So in my opinion, in one area or another, we're all going to fail. That's called falling into sin. But guys, I want to show you how we can walk more and more free with my next point. But I do want to say this to you guys. If you've accepted Jesus, the Bible says you're holy and blameless in his sight. No one's walking out of here condemned. The Bible says, man, you know, and, 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 and you know, 
some people ask me, if I sin and Jesus comes right at that moment, it's like, you're washed by the blood, relax. If, as long as you're not practicing sin, I don't know about, people that practice sin, I wonder if they really accepted Jesus, where they say, I can do whatever I want. I'm not gonna obey the Bible. I'm gonna live in sin. I don't care what God says. That's one thing. But man, when you believed in Jesus, guys, you're washed by the blood. But I want you to walk out of here knowing you're holy and blameless and without fault. I think I said this earlier, but after three services, I never know when I said, did I say this in third service or that kind of, I don't know when I said, but, but, but then when I say something like that, I forget what I was about to say. So praise the Lord, you know. Um, but guys, oh, here's what it is. If I, if I lived under that Old Testament, I struggled with sexual purity the first two years plus many months after I accepted Christ. And all I did is, Father, forgive me, I did it again. Father, forgive me, I did it again. It's before I met Jesus, and, or Gina. <laughs> uh, she's like Jesus to me. And so um, <laughs> she's my Jesus too. But guys, listen, listen. I kept falling, but I kept repenting. And, and I am so excited that at, right after I repented, the blood washed me. And I could go into a worship service and worship God. It's not that uh, my conscience was hard. It's that I realized I am holy and blameless because of the blood of the lamb. And you're holy and blameless. So no one's allowed to walk out of here condemned. Can I close with this thought, guys? I think it's a big thought. Uh, we must understand how to walk in purity. Because if you don't understand this, you'll never walk in it. So I'm not gonna take a lot of time. I don't even have a point under it. I have points, but I didn't put them on PowerPoint. I just wanna exhort you. Remember lesson four in our altar series? We just finished it up, right? In lesson four, we talked about the, the staff of Moses and when he held it up, Israel was winning the fight. When it came down, they were losing the fight. That staff's the type of the cross and the empty cross of Christ, you know what it declares? Jesus defeated sin for all of us. He has the victory over sin. And when you see that, you realize, I don't have to become free. I am free. Get a hold of this. This is really different. If you're under the law, here's how it goes, right? I'm going to white knuckle this. I'm going to hold on for dear life. And I'm going to use all my strength. And I'm going to try with all my strength not to do that sin again. And it's just, it's just you and your own strength. But when you come into Christ, here's what you do. You realize, you know what? I can overcome that because Jesus already did and he gave me the victory. So I don't have to try to get power over sin. I have been set free from sin and I can walk free from sin. And that's the starting part. If we don't see that, we'll never walk free. But there's two more things. You know, the second thing we need to come understand, if we wanna walk in purity and walk free from sin, we have to understand that we'll never do it in and of our own strength. The Bible says in Galatians, if, if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That means you'll walk free from sin. So how do we walk in the spirit? Number one way to walk in the spirit, an atmosphere of worship. If you're spirit-filled, pray in the spirit too. But it's an atmosphere of worship. And that's why I play worship music and so on and so forth. And, you know, um, I don't watch much news. I like headlines, you know. But if I watch too much news, I want to hit somebody. I don't know if you guys ever feel like that, but I want to hit someone. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. I was helping out a relative not too long ago, maybe five years ago. And, and, and they were dealing with sobriety and they were so excited. And they told me, um, and, 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 and they didn't know the Lord like I did. And they were on the opposite side of the aisle. I, we never talked about it, but I knew from what they said. And, and uh, they said, I can't watch the news anymore because I want to I hit somebody, you know? So they said, it's hard to be sober 
and get all that anxiety, right? So uh, I would encourage you, be concerned, don't be consumed. Consume yourself with the presence of God, guys. It will help you walk free. And the third thing is saturate yourself with the word of God because the word of God has power. The word of God has life. And when we get on the path, guess what? The path is found in the word, found in the word of God. And we just follow what God says. And then we begin to be free and things that used to be an issue are no, no longer an issue. But I guarantee you, you'll fall into sin. That's okay, repent. His blood will cleanse you. But guys, just have the attitude I am going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to focus on the, I have the victory already. I'm going to focus on the incredible truth. If I walk in the spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm going to focus on the incredible, uh, just truth that there's power in the word of God. And I'm going to saturate myself with the word of God. And guess what happens? We become more free, more free, more free. But I felt I had to share this lesson just to get us to understand, hey, the Old Testament's valuable. Hey, Morality matters to Jesus because the world's telling us it doesn't. Not politicians, just that whole world of media is telling us it doesn't matter. And Christians are so confused. But if we get on the path, guys, we'll know. Do we hate those people? Do we fight those people? No, those are future Pauls, man. Those are future Pastor Joes or Pastor Bacon. Man, those people are gonna come into the kingdom and they're gonna rock it up. So let's love on them. Let's show them the light, guys. And let's stay in the spirit and let's watch God do what only God can do, man. God's going to do some great things. He's going to do some great things. So I'm ready to pray. You ready? Let's pray. Let's pray. Bow our heads, close our eyes. I had fun if no one else did. <laughs> Thank you. Bow our heads. Father, first of all, the church in Boardman, the church at TCI, Father, the church online, and the church here in Warren, and those that will listen in the future. God, God, if there's an area where we can make a couple adjustments in how we saturate ourselves with you. Open up our eyes to see that we are free. This is a battle we simply enforce. We don't have to win it. We enforce it because it's already happened. Lord, open up our eyes to the power that's in the word of God and the power that's in the spirit. And Lord, give us greater grace to get on the path and follow you. And we thank you. Thank you for that, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that we're forgiven by the blood of the lamb. And if you're listening to my voice right now and you say, you know what? I walked in here, man, struggling with some sins. What a great time to just say, Father, I call that sin and I ask you, give me some grace to walk free from it and begin to do these three little principles I taught. Some of you, God's speaking to you right now. Uh, there's some things you've been focusing on. It'd be better to focus less on, right? Be concerned, but not consumed. And just focus a little less. And just say, would you pray with me right now as a Christian? Would you whisper this to the Lord? Lord, I want to help your ways become my way. Give me a grace to walk on the way, the path. And can we, eyes closed, heads, heads bowed. Would you stay in the presence of God? Because for some of us, he's giving us instructions right now. But maybe you're listening to my voice and you're not sure if you're forever. You know, the Bible lets us know, guys, that he died so we can live. And if you're listening right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult, all important things. I'm not asking you if you walked in, not sure if God existed. I'm not asking any of those questions. Here's the biggest question in all the universe, the number one question in all the universe. What have you done with Christ? The Bible says he died so you can live. God raised him up out of the grave. Whoever calls on his name, God will save them. I can't force that into your life. I don't want to force it into your life, but I believe this weekend 
and we already saw it in our other services, I believe God is opening people's eyes to accept Christ. And if you're listening, you say, that's me. Would you pray with me right now for the first time? The rest of us, can we help them pray? And just pray this after me. Mean it from your heart. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven that you died for my sins and the sins of the entire world. I accept you as my savior. And I make a decision this day to follow you. Give me the grace to follow you. Now, guys, you all prayed that, but now just before I close this prayer time, can all of us Christians and those that just accepted Christ, can, can we all pray this now for our lives. Would you pray this after me? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, give me the grace to walk on the path. Amen, man. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out Believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.